When people say that the trees don't talk, they do. They really do talk, but it's not a, something that you can hear. It's something that you feel within you. And most of the plants are like that, if they're growing on their homelands. Welcome back to Warrabora Nora. My name is Pauline Clegg. Aboriginal people have an important association with the plants and trees on their country. In this podcast, we catch up with Arnie Fran Bodkin, who has planted numerous trees throughout a number of schools in Sydney. And Uncle Bruce Pascoe talks about learning different methods of harvest and about preserving Aboriginal grasses. When you're back on country, what you're looking at or what you're feeling are the plants. Familiar smells are inherited, but everybody laughs at me when I say that. But it's, it's just being on the ground that your ancestors were and being amongst the plants that your ancestors used and you can use yourself. Yeah, it's an important association for us to have with those plants and being on country, being amongst them. Uh, spiritually, it's very uh, rejuvenating to not just look at them in a book, but to be amongst them. And there's families of plants too. They're not just one plant here, one plant. They're families. Mm. And we have to look at them as if they're family, not just talk about growing one plant as a monoculture purely for commercial reasons. We're going to have to learn to have these plants growing with each other and learning different methods of harvest if we're going to commercialise our foods. We've been learning that down on the farm at Wallagra, that the grasses don't grow as monocultures. They're you know, three, four, five different grasses. They're all our grasses. And we have to learn if we're going to make the flower from them, like the old people did, we're going to have to relearn all of that methodology. And so we're doing something really basic, like a, a literature search to find every interaction between Aboriginal people and plant foods as described in the explorers and first European journals. I keep on talking about kangaroo grass and panicum and wallaby grass and things like that because they already grow on many farm properties. So I'm trying to reclaim those for Aboriginal people. But the kangaroo grass is beautiful reddy brown grass and its flowering head is a russet colour. The flowering head looks like that, like a kangaroo foot. So it's called kangaroo grass. The panicum is like tumbleweed when it's mature. The wallaby grass is a little short fellow weeping with a weeping head. And these are all plants that our old people used intensively, not as monocultures, but together. And there's a, a spot on the, the place where I am where they all grow together. And I'm trying to preserve that and extend it because it looks to me like that's how it was. That's how the old people had it all of those plants growing together. And so instead of trying to convert it to one, I'm trying to keep that family together the way the old people had made it. There's so much evidence of old people there. Stones, stone arrangements, marked trees, you know, the spirit of the people still in the ground. When we ask people on the south coast, there is certain memories, you know, a lot of it to do with shellfish, but a lot of our plant knowledge disappeared with the sheep. So we need to reclaim that, reown it, and reuse it for the benefit of our young people. Look at our law. Look at how the, this country was governed probably three times as long as any other country by our old people. 
and with an incredible sense of fairness. I mean, it really frustrates me that when I say that, people think I'm being romantic. Nothing romantic about it. It was hard nuts and bolts social science that our people created. How can we manage the good and bad of humans? And the balance created was phenomenal. I mean, we didn't have kings, we didn't have queens, we didn't have rich, we didn't have poor. Everybody did what they could and was glad to do it. Glad to do it because they were part of the culture. Not being forced to do it, not being paid to do it, not turning up to work on Monday grumpy, glad to do it because they were doing it for their people. That's an incredible philosophy. We have to insist that Australia and the world looks at our culture in that way, not as primitive, not as some kind of museum case, not as something to you know, pat the little black fella on the head and say, oh, we'll look after you. We don't want to be looked after. We're looked after already by our law. And our land. Mm. Yeah. And we have to look on that conservation as progress, not being sort of preserving something in the face of um, development as being a backward step, but as being progress, that the high rise is only one form of progress and it might be going backwards, but we've got to look on loving the land as progress. And saving our associations too. Mm. They are important because within an association, you have much stronger medicines. We've been trying hard and I think we've got about 13 schools now with the association that belong to that country that that school is in. And the kids are actually using the leaves and that to help them when they have a cold or when they're feeling down or something like that. I'd like to see it in every school in the state because it makes then the children aware of what was there and that can still help them. I noticed and I tried in all the schools that I tried to make an effect there, firstly by planting plants and even when I had to grow them from seed. And I think there's 12 schools in the Sydney region that has my plants growing mm. in. We celebrated Marrickville School. We celebrated the 75th anniversary of one of the trees I planted, <laughs> a gum tree. <laughs> I planted it because I wanted koalas to go to Marrickville. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. But the tree is still there. We used all our senses to be able to absorb the science. So why can't we, all our universities, instead of studying in a go out and experience and observe, because I think we've lost the art of observation, particularly of the environment. It's not an art, it's a science, observation. And that's one of the beautiful things you can do. Get to the young, doesn't matter what colour they are. Get to the young and teach them outdoors, teach them our sciences, and they'll learn a lot quicker and come to respect our knowledges. Curiosity is the, the tool that we should never lose well, if we're going to learn. We considered it, you know, our family and our grouping and that. We considered that curiosity was the greatest sense of all. It was treated as a sense, not mm. just as a, a nuisance like, mm. you know, my teachers did at school. 
Indigenous knowledge is only recently being considered as valued as our communities start to reclaim our oral history and sharing knowledge as science and education catches up with our elders about the history of plants and animals of this country. It is through people like Aunty Fran working with the schools and Uncle Bruce writing books like Dark Emu and Young Dark Emu for our next generation to learn from that we start to see a real reclaiming of knowledge of our peoples. If you'd like to learn more about our native plants or listen to other podcasts, check out warraburanora.com. Yeah.